I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said, I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Broadcasting from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Good morning and welcome to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Lots to go over the next hour. Week 7 in the National Football League. A strong college football slate. Baseball's Final Four. NHL going on. NBA coming up on Tuesday. But a quick hockey note before we get to our buddy Ryan Horvat. The Bedard run is over. But it doesn't mean you have to back off completely. The over on Bedard shots on goal came out of the gates white hot with a 4-0 record. 5-6-5 then 4. Nothing on Thursday at Colorado. I'm expecting them to keep the number at three and a half. We'll see where the juice is. Probably on the over because they know where the bets will be coming from, especially locally. I'm sure some of you are hitting the home opener tonight against Vegas, and I have a sneaking suspicion this Bedard bet is going to continue to be popular. Knights 5-0 on the season, but Winnipeg got 39 shots on goal against the Golden Knights the other day. Just saying, maybe you want to go back to that well. This morning's leadoff hitter on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, our buddy Ryan Horvat. He drops by about once a month. And I want to reach out to Horvy because we have a terrific college football slate. It starts at 11 a.m., guys. Penn State, Ohio State. Don't think that's a primetime game. Clear the slate early. Make sure you're in front of your television starting at 11 o'clock. A couple of good primetime games to hit as well. And how is Caleb Williams going to rebound after what happened in South Bend? And, of course, we'll go over our favorite NFL plays. Horvey has BetQL tailgate to kickoff. Check that out on the Odyssey app every single Saturday morning. And BetMGM tonight, weeknights on the BetQL network. Sup, Horvey? Thanks so much for having me, Joe. I love uh, betting uh, leadoff here in honor of my favorite leadoff hitter ever, Kyle. Big game. Oh, He's doing it again with the Phillies. Unbelievable. You you got all these former Cubs, Castellanos doing it too. Did you think that Schwarbs would be the guy from the 2016 team that would be playing at the highest level in 2023 of that entire team? 
I did not. No, yeah. I didn't. But I was always a Schwab's guy. In fact, it's funny because I'm not a big Jersey guy, but bought a couple of Schwab's jerseys during the, uh, obviously, you know, like the 2016 run. And then when I moved to DC, uh, I was like, man, the Nats suck, but Lee Schwarber's here. So I got myself a Schwarber Nats jersey for some reason. And then he got traded two and a half weeks later. So that was probably a bad omen right there. But it's awesome to see. And also it's kind of crazy because as you remember, the Cubs didn't even get anything in return. They DFA'd him. And now uh, <laughs> he's batting leadoff in the World Series. I, re I really like Castellanos too. I wanted to hold on to him, but they didn't. Remember when people hated Madden because they kept batting Schwarber leadoff? Well, he's still doing it now. Right, right. I know. And it doesn't make any sense. He even talked about it the other night. He's like, yeah, I kind of sucked at it the first three years, but I'm starting to figure it out. But is he really? He hits like 165, hits 40 dingers, and then strikes out all the other ABs. So no. I guess it really doesn't surprise me because he's really actually just kind of the same player that he was in Chicago. He's just getting more ABs, I guess. Yeah. Get Well, the game has changed. People aren't as worried about about the batting average anymore, and they shouldn't. Let's jump to college. We're going to start with college. Usually on this show, we start with NFL, but we've got to, man. We've been... I've been one of those people that is like, yeah, Penn State looks awesome, but they haven't played anybody. And aside from the Notre Dame game, you kind of say the same about Ohio State. The Buckeyes are favored by four and a half this morning. Four and a half point favorite. Total's been dropping all week. Now we're at that 45 territory after being north of 47. How do you handicap this matchup? I mean, Ohio State, I suffered through that entire Purdue Ohio State game last week, Horvey. What are they down to running back number four in Columbus? Yeah. But yeah. uh even even in bad weather, like Marvin Harrison Jr. is that good. That's why Bears fans need to be hoping and praying for that one and two. You pair the best quarterback in the draft with Marvin Harrison Jr. That would uh start things off pretty great. Oh man, I know I'm starting to talk myself into I don't know if it's even a hot take. Like I like Caleb Williams. I think he's gonna be really good. I think the Patrick Mahomes comparisons are insane. I like Drake May a little bit better. I think Drake May's the real deal, man. He's like the perfect size for a quarterback. And I know the numbers weren't great to start the year, or even like they dipped off a little bit the second half of last season, but he didn't have a down the field threat. And now he has that with Tess Walker the last two weeks. You know, he was suspended the first couple games of the season by the NCAA. Now, just like that, he had two touchdown receptions last week. Drake May, Drake May looks really, really good. I think I might take him over Caleb, but. Yeah, Ohio State, you know what's funny about this game today, Joe? So I bet the under on the open, 48 and a half, and then it got dummied back up, and now it's back, like you said, we're like through the key number, we're down to 45. I just, I think that's the best play. I also like the first half under, but that's moved as well from 23 and a half all the way down to 22 right now in some shops. I just think that this is going to be a low scoring game. You know, I do like Penn State. I bet, I bet Penn State four and a half. The only thing that scares me there, it's James Franklin. And like you said, Penn State hasn't really stepped up in class yet. And their offensive line hasn't been that great. I really like the running back room. Before the season, I said, I like the running back room just as much as I like Michigan's because I like Nicholas Singleton. I like Katron Allen. But right now, if you look at the numbers, they're both actually averaging less than five yards per carry. Penn State right now outside the top 100 in explosive plays on offense. And I think a lot of that has to do with their offensive lines just not getting that push up front. You know, and then Drew Aller, everybody likes Drew Aller. He's a five-star freshman, but this is going to be the best defense he's seen all season, obviously, in Ohio State. And he's only thrown eight passes beyond 18 yards all season. His average depth of target, he's 145th out of 156 qualifying quarterbacks right now. So, like, I get it. You know, if you're a Penn State fan, you haven't had to throw the ball down the field because you're just beating up on teams. But now you have to step up in class. And 
Like Drew Aller's going to have to make some throws on the road in this game. You know what I mean? And this is the first real big road environment he's seen. I mean, the biggest game, I think, uh, biggest road test was Illinois before this. You know, Penn State, the receivers haven't been explosive. Even the transfers they went out and got. Uh, they do get Trey Wallace back. They got him back last week. He's their best downfield threat. So maybe that helps them out, pushing the ball down the field. I think the best play is the under. The reason I like Penn State to at least keep this game close, I also don't really know what Ohio State is yet on the offensive side of the ball. 92nd in total offense. That's so weird to see with the Buckeyes. They've had injuries. Like you said, they're really struggling right now to run the ball. I have to see how healthy Henderson is and how yeah. healthy Abuka is because he missed last week as well. Like you said, Marvin Harrison is so good, but I don't know how good Kyle McCord is. It looks like he's improving. Like if you look at the numbers, he's number six in the nation in QBR. But every game I watch, it's like ground balls that uh, Marvin Harrison's mm -hmm. reaching to catch. You know, like he's making leaping grabs. I think one of their other better players, Cade Stover, is a guy to look out for their tight end. He's been awesome. But I just, I don't trust Ohio State to win this game by six, seven points. I think this is a field goal game. I really like Penn State's defense, number one in scoring margin in the nation. Uh, I like their defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz. I want to see how aggressive he plays Ohio State's receivers on the defensive side of the ball. You know, last year you had a guy like Joey Porter Jr. You don't have that this year. So low scoring game. I'm going to take Penn State to cover. Won't shock me if Ohio State wins the game, though, at home. Are on the same page. Under is the play in this matchup. Old school, Big Ten. Can't wait to watch it later this morning. Settled debate for me we had on the show because we talked about the idea of the Buckeyes making the playoff. The path is there. We know the biggest challenge in addition to today, obviously the last game of the year against Michigan, which looks just like a juggernaut right now. Yeah. For Heisman, let's say Ohio State's in the playoff. More likely Heisman winner. McCord at 50 to one or Harrison at 80 to one Harrison at 80 to one. I bet Harrison Agree. the season at a bad price, 35 to one thinking like McCord's an Ohio state quarterback. Sure. He's probably not CJ Stroud, but yep. like I said, man, and you know, the Notre Dame game, they didn't have to do a whole lot because Notre Dame didn't do anything offensively. They scored 14 points. And I know the Buckeyes defense right now is trending towards being top five. They're much improved year two for Jim Knowles. But still, you got to score more than 14 points at home. It's just like Notre Dame didn't have the wide receivers to take advantage of that defense. But yeah, I mean, like McCord just doesn't look very good. And Marvin Harrison's the best wide receiver in all of college football. He's going to be a top five pick, maybe a top three pick, like you said. So I think he would get the look. But the problem is, man, it's quarterback award now. But really quick, going back to Ohio De State. Devontae won it a few years ago. Maybe I know there yeah. are a lot of great quarterbacks this year. So that, that part's going to be challenging. But we do see it from time to time. I feel like, you know, the bet might be. So I played some Dylan Gabriel before the season and I played some Michael Penix, but the guy that I'm looking at right now, if you know, yeah. you want to get involved and you're looking for a decent price. And I laugh when I say this, it's JJ McCarthy. A couple of years ago, I watched him in high school and like he lost to Mount Carmel and then ended up transferring. It's great <laughs> to see how good he's been. And Jim Harbaugh's calling him the greatest quarterback in Michigan history. Yeah. Okay. I like him because the reason being, I think Michigan's the best team in the country. I, I think they won the national title and I don't know, like, my problem the numbers, is man, the, the passing yards are so low. That's the I part. know. Yeah. I know that's what scares me, you know, but but I do like Michigan futures, man. I know it's not the best price three to one right now, but yeah. going back to Ohio State, they're only rushing for one hundred and thirty five yards per game, four yards per carry. You know, and now this week, even they're going against a Penn State defense that's number one in success rate and number one in EPA per play. I want to see what that ground game looks like, what their offense looks like, because. That's the other thing. Like Penn State also struggling to run the ball. They both have their biggest games against Michigan. If you can't run the ball against that defensive line and you have to throw the ball against that secondary, 
I don't know. I think Michigan could run the table this regular season. I think they're clearly, I guess what I'm trying to say is the best team in the Big Ten. But I said that last year and they ended up getting beat by TCU. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score guest, Ryan Horvat. As we continue to go over this college football slate in about five minutes, we'll hit the NFL. All right, another Big Ten game. As long as we're talking about Ohio State, let's hit on Michigan. You don't have to go as in-depth on this one, but the Wolverines are 24-and-a-half-point road favorites, total of 46 at Sparty. What do you like? Yeah, so I've been betting Michigan State the last couple weeks, man. Off the bye, uh, they've been a much better team since the firing of Mel Tucker. Covered for me last week. You know, Michigan, like I said, I think they're the best team in the country. They've won every game this season by at least 25 points. Their defense only given up five points per game. I just think 24 and a half points in a rivalry game is way too many. Michigan plays at one of the slowest paces in the country. And the other thing about Michigan State, like this is going to be their Super Bowl. This is going to be their bowl game. They're going to go all in. There's going to be a trick play or two. Their defense has been much better. And offensively, they're able to run the ball now. They got their running back, Jalen Berger, back last week, their Wisconsin transfer. So I think that they're going to be able to eat some clock in this game and at least keep it close. I'd make the number more 21 and a half to 22. You know, Michigan State, they should have beat Iowa and Rutgers the last two weeks, if not for the fourth quarter. They've been outscored 34 to nothing in the fourth quarter the last two weeks. But um, I think they're a good bet. And I'm not the biggest trends guy. But if you go back since 2005, we've only seen a spread of over three touchdowns in Michigan, Michigan State, this rivalry three times. And in all three instances, Michigan State covered by an average margin of just under two touchdowns. They won outright back in 2020. You know what I mean? Like These teams know each other so well. These kids know each other so well. I think 24 and a half is a little inflated. So I'm going to take Sparty today. Couple other primetime games that I want to hit outside of the Big Ten. You've got Duke at Florida State, the Knowles favored by 14 and the hook. The Knowles, one of the more balanced teams in the entire country. I was big on them coming into the season, big on Jordan Travis as well. Also, Utah at USC. How does Caleb Williams bounce back after getting embarrassed against Notre Dame? The market likes the Trojans. That number was hanging around six and a half. Now they're a seven-point favorite against the best defense in the nation in the Utes. Uh, What do you think about Duke, Florida State, and Utah, USC? Really quick on Utah, USC, we could start there because I'm a big Utah guy. Played them to win the Pac-12 last year, plus 260. That ended up happening, but they're just not the same team this year. There's no Cam Rising, and this game's not in Utah. I love Utah at home. That's a real home field advantage, one of the toughest places to play in the country. But with no Keithy, with no Cam Rising, I mean, the defense is solid, man. But you look at the road games for Utah, they almost lost to Baylor. They got blown out by Oregon State. And I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with USC as long as Caleb Williams doesn't throw three interceptions again. Like, Caleb Williams this year has 13 turnover-worthy throws. That's way more than he had last season. All those, though, under pressure, off his back foot. Right now, we're just seeing a lot of, like, playground stuff. It looked like Mahomes a couple years ago when he was throwing some picks. And... Lincoln Riley this week called them out and he said, everybody needs to do their job pretty much. We got to limit that kind of stuff. So I think they bounce back and following a loss, USC 14, four and one against the spread as a single digit favorite against conference opponents. That goes back to 2005. They cover by over 10 points per game. I think they're the right side. And that's why that numbers went up to seven. So I do like the Trojans. And then I actually like the other favorite here. I like Florida state, anything under 14, you know, 14 and a half Duke's probably a good bet because we know how good Mike Elko is as a defensive mind and as a head coach. But I think what this number is telling us, Joe, is that Riley Leonard, who's doubtful is most likely not going to play. I know he was back at practice. I know he's off crutches. He's no longer in a walking boot, but why would you play him in this game? Even if you lose this game, 
right? Duke could still make the ACC title game. They have a head-to-head matchup with uh, North Carolina still to come this season. They get Louisville still this season. And I don't even think with Riley Leonard they're going to be able to hang with this Florida State team. Like you said, Florida State getting better against the run defensively. They have a solid secondary. You could hit them with explosive plays, but with a hobbled Riley Leonard, I don't know that you're going to be able to do that. And offensively, this might be a game where Jordan Travis looks to pad the stats a little bit get some Heisman love. They're going to get Johnny Wilson, their 6'7 wide receiver back. Keon Coleman has been a star in the, in the punt return game and as a wide receiver. So I like Florida State. I think they're the better team. As long as they don't turn the ball over, they should win this game by two scores. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Horvy, my guest from the BetQL Network. All right, Horvy, let's jump over to the NFL tomorrow night. I can't wait for this Sunday night football matchup. You've got the Dolphins at the Eagles. Philly, you had Hurts with three interceptions last week. They outgain the Jets, but they end up losing because of the turnover battle. And then on the Dolphins' side, oh, people fall in love with that offense. They came back down 14-0 to Carolina, and they lit them up. But the thing with the Dolphins, they can't stop anybody. For some reason, the the Eagles have decided, okay, we're going to have Hurts throw it, even though we know their biggest strength is the run game. And they're going to be able to run on the Dolphins. So I understand why this number's been going up this week. Dolphins can't stop anybody. Philly much more balanced. I love the Eagles in this spot. How about you? Yep, same thing. Anything under a field goal. Once we got to two and a half, I had to grab Philadelphia. You know, at four, at three and a half, maybe it's a play on Miami. But like you said, the defense still figuring some things out. Year one for Vic Fangio is D.C. They don't have Jalen Ramsey. Looks like he's getting back to practice and working out. Even like... Jalen Ramsey hasn't really been Jalen Ramsey the last couple of years. Still a really Mm -hmm. solid corner and better than anything they have in that secondary. But I don't know how much that moves the needle for that defense for me. Offensively, we know how good Miami is. But I think the Eagles are going to run the ball like they do, move it at a slow pace, and they're going to be able to limit some of those possessions. And like last week, I'm not really worried about the Eagles because of that. They lost the turnover battle 4-0, to and there's been 797 games with at least a 4-0 turnover differential. And the team that turns the ball over four times is 34, 760, and three. So that's a win percentage of 4.5%. And if you look at those turnovers, I went back and watched the game last night before I bet the Eagles. Like one of them, Jalen Hurts, uh, he gets his arm hit. Another one kind of like hot potatoes out of uh, Dallas Goddard's arms and Quinn Williams, it just falls in his lap. A couple of those turnovers were fluky. They had a lost fumble in the game. I think the Eagles bounce back. Um, I don't know that they're the best team in the NFC. I think that San Francisco went healthy, or maybe Dallas if they figured their stuff out. But I do like the Eagles to bounce back this week and get the win. All right, give me another NFL uh, game you like. I like the Ravens. Uh, I'm pretty high on the Ravens this season. I think they're a top-five team in the National Football League if they're healthy. The problem is they haven't been healthy this season. Last week was the first time since week one Lamar played with all star, uh, all five starting offensive linemen. And I love what we're seeing from Baltimore's offense. Sure, they had a couple drops the week before, and they lost that game outright. But I think they're going to figure some stuff out, right? And it's a bunch mm-hmm. of three wide receiver sets. So when Lamar is using his legs, their quarterback design runs, and he's running into light boxes. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they're getting a little bit healthier in the secondary. I know everybody likes Detroit. I like Detroit in the NFC North a lot by default, because none of the other teams are any good. <laughs> but, I mean, Baltimore's at home in this game. I want to wait and see if we could get a two-and-a-half. Maybe Gibbs gets ruled in. Some of these guys that are questionable for Detroit play tomorrow. But I do think Baltimore's the right side. I'm pretty high on the Ravens, man. I totally get what you're saying. If I'm p- forced to pick that game, I'm definitely going to be on the Ravens' side. A lot of the public are going to be all over the lines. They're going to see them as 
a three-point underdog, and I get it. They are the public team of the week. It feels like every time we have a new public team, that team goes down in flames, golf outdoors. I'm yeah. worried I'm worried about coming back from London because that has not treated teams well, and I did not like the conservative style that we were seeing from Harbaugh last week. A lot of red zone issues with a lot of teams, and the Ravens are one of them. So if I have to pick one, I would go with Baltimore. I do think that's the right side. I wonder if we, we end up getting a push or, you know, it, it's a two point game, something like that. Chargers chiefs, that yeah. point spread's been five and a half all week. I think this matchup's interesting. And it seems like many people have a bad taste in their mouth after expecting the chargers to take out the Cowboys on Monday night. Listen, since Herbert's come into the league, this is always a close game. It's happened six times. The Chargers have won it twice. They went to overtime twice. And in the other two that they lost, straight up in regulation, it was a three-point game and a six-point game. The Chiefs' defense is much better, but the offense isn't anywhere close to the level of the Chiefs that we're used to. So five and a half, I think that's too much for this divisional matchup. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, this is going to be Herbert's seventh career game against the Chiefs his six against Patrick Mahomes. Like these two teams know each other. Herbert's five and one. I'm not like, again, I'm not the biggest trends guy, but he's five and one against the spread against the chiefs, you know, 24, 24 and one against the spread against all other teams. Like they always play close in this game against Kansas city. And right now the narrative is the chargers stink. Justin Herbert, maybe not a top five quarterback. They got a lot to figure out on both sides of the ball, right? Like defensively, they have so much talent. It's just like, some of those guys are getting a little bit older, but Cleo Mack a couple weeks ago had six sacks. He had another sack last week, but you got to keep Joey Bosa healthy. The pass defense has been terrible. The run defense hasn't been much better, but I think this is a bounce back spot. They got to figure out how to get Quinton Johnston going, the rookie that they drafted out of TCU, because Mike Williams was a huge loss. They need to figure out who that slot receiver is. Keenan Allen's been great, but they need to figure out who that number two wide receiver is. But I think Herbert's going to have a bounce back game. I know he's hurting right now. Monday night just says like a little bit more about Dallas. I still think Dallas is a good team. They had a stinker against Arizona. They got blown out against San Francisco, but I still think that's a really good defense and a really good team in the NFC. But I think the Chargers keep this game close. Wouldn't be shocked if they won it outright. I still like the Chiefs are still figuring things out offensively. Other than Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, who do you really feel good about? defensively they're really good like that's the thing that nobody ever talks about with kansas city spags is a genius but i still think the chargers keep this one close enough bears cover man i've been going back and forth on that so i know it's probably uh you know like a narrative chalky type play but Devontae adams anytime touchdown Devontae adams over on his reception Dude, there's problems and there's problems there man i i see headlines every day about how upset he is with his situation yeah, and, like, I kind of figured that that was coming, to be honest with you, because he wanted out of Green Bay, yep. wanted to go back home to play in Vegas, but then Derek Carr's gone, and now he's catching balls from Jimmy Garoppolo, who can never stay healthy, Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell. Like, you go from Aaron Rodgers to that nonsense, and, of course, yeah, you're not going to be happy, even if you do have a Taco Bell in your house. I want to see yes. Devontae Adams get moved, and I want to see him go somewhere like Kansas City. I just got done talking about the Chiefs, like, other than Rice, like, who's wide receiver number one right now? It's not Sky Moore. It's not MVS. Imagine Devontae Adams and Patrick Mahomes together. Or Devontae Adams and Justin Herbert together. It's probably yep. a pipe dream. But I do think he goes off today. He's upset he's not getting the targets. The reason I lean the Raiders to win the game. Like, at the number current price, I like the Bears over a field goal. Uh, not enough to bet it. 
But the reason I kind of lean the Raiders, at least Brian Hoyer knows the offense. You know what I mean? And like, I like their weapons a little bit better. It is Devontae Adams. They don't really use Hunter Renfro, but he's still there. Jacoby Myers has been excellent. They have Michael Mayer. I don't think they know that because they only use him in the first quarter. But they do have the better yeah. weapons. But that's a stay away for me. I would lean Chicago to cover, but uh, that's a tough one. I do like Devontae Adams to have a big game, though. I'll give my favorite betting angles for that game coming up in a few minutes. We'll end on this. If Pittsburgh plus three at the LA Rams off a bye isn't a Mike Tomlin spot when everybody's riding this Rams high, I don't know what is, man. Oh, I completely agree. And as yeah. crazy as it sounds, I think that like Joey Porter Jr. might be able to hold his own against Cooper Cup a little bit. Yep. Yeah, everybody loves the Rams right now because you have guys like Puka and Tutu and Cooper Cups back and Matthew Stafford's playing really good football. But I still don't trust that offensive line. You know, the Steelers are a weird team because when they're getting pressure, it's a top 10, top 10 defense. When they're not getting pressure, then it's a, you know, top 10 worst defense in the league because that exposes their secondary, which isn't great. I don't know, man. I, I do like the Steelers here. I just worry, are they going to get enough offense to cover or to win this game? You know what it. I mean? It is the Mike Tomlin special. Him as a dog, anything yep. over two and a half points, you got to do it. And I feel like the Rams are getting a little bit too much love from the market right now. So I'm completely with you on that one. Yeah, Cooper Cup looks awesome off the injury, and you're betting on Pickett on the other side. So I certainly do understand it. Ryan Horvat, BetQL tailgate to kickoff. Check it out on the Odyssey app. Full breakdown of your college football slate every single Saturday weekdays bet MGM tonight on the BetQL network follow him on x at Ryan Horvat Orvi call from mom answer it call silenced Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollars per order additional terms apply hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thank you so much. Best of luck all weekend, all right? Enjoy the games. I'm on X at Joe Ostrowski at Joe Ostrowski. All right, I'll deliver on my promise. Do have a few betting angles I like for Bears Raiders and pro better Brad Powers has bets for college football. All that coming up next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app.
early odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670. The score. Check out my Sunday show. It's tomorrow morning. BetMGM game day, 7 to 9 a.m. here on the score. And the 9 a.m. hour on the BetQL network, which you can find 105.9 FM HD2. Do the preset thing. Odyssey app and twitch.tv slash BetQL. The Bears are two-and-a-half-point home underdogs tomorrow against the Raiders. Total only 37-and-a-half. Can you tell that unders have been automatic this year? No, the Bears are bad, but at least they can run the ball and do a pretty good job at stopping the run. Raiders are 3-and-3, three three, but they're bad too and don't really do anything well. Josh McDaniels, been a bigger disaster than Eberflus in game. Devontae Adams ticked off. He's voicing his complaints to the media. Vegas 0-9 against the spread the last nine times they've been favored on the road. They were favored to win on the road four times last year. They lost all four times outright. One time it's a six-point favorite. Pros were on the Bears when it was three. Again, it's now two and a half. Bears from two and a half to eight and a half is a great teaser leg. DJ Moore, superb matchup against a fourth-round rookie corner. DJ's prop, 52.5 yards. Anytime touchdown, plus 185. If Badgett can just get it to Moore, I really love that prop. Horvey's probably right, and the Raiders are likely to feed Devontae after his comments this week. But I'm not betting that that's going to happen with a backup quarterback. Tight end Michael Mayer had 75 yards last week, and the Bears are not great at defending that position. Mayer's prop. 20 and a half yards. So the Bears, DJ Moore, Mayer, few angles that I like in that game. Tyson Badgett's passing yards prop set at 183 and a half. Not something I'm willing to bet. Just think it's interesting to note. And uh, none of us know what's going to happen there. Let's get to Ohio State and Penn State, which you can hear today right here on 670 The Score. Professional better Brad Powers dropped by BetQL Daily to discuss his favorite looks of the day. Starting with that tilt, take a listen. I like the under in this one. Obviously, we have two defenses here, number one and number two in yards for play allowed. We have two offenses that have struggled, especially Penn State pushing the ball down the field. And then I look at their high-profile games that these two teams have had so far this year. I mean, obviously, Ohio State against Notre Dame, total score on that one, 31 points. I know Penn State really hasn't played anybody. Best team they played is Iowa, and Iowa's offense is you know pathetic, but – Still a total score in that game of 31 total points. So, I mean, to me, this just screams 20 to 17-ish. So, I'm going to go under 47 and a half in this game. Let's talk about this USC-Utah matchup. I don't know that anybody saw the Irish just completely dismantling Caleb Williams and the Trojans on Saturday night. So, now they're going back home. You would think it's going to be a bounce-back spot for them. They are a seven-point favorite at a lot of spots. Some spots have it six and a half. Uh, the Trojans favored by seven against the Utes, total of 56. You could paint a picture. Obviously, Notre Dame was favored for a reason. Uh, but I think that the pathway to Notre Dame was having success against USC's defense. It wasn't necessarily shutting down Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams throwing three picks, having by far the worst game of his career. Uh, that, that I don't think anyone really saw in that. Uh, you mentioned the price. It's definitely priced into this line that USC is due for a bounce-back performance with them favored now by seven. Line opened as low as four. Guys like myself are part of the USC money train early in the week here because we do have confidence that Caleb Williams will bounce back. Now, the rest of the team uh, leaves a little bit to be desired, although I did see some things defensively that they did have some success against Notre Dame. Zachariah Branch getting him back in the fold. He had the big punt return late in the second half. But I also thought that was 
look, Notre Dame deserved to win. Notre Dame deserved to cover. Funny data point, though. Whenever you got a team that's plus five in turnovers, has a kick return touchdown, I'm not sure that USC was four touchdowns worse than Notre Dame in that game. So that's given a little bit of value there. And then Utah – Utah is going to beat up USC at a little bit at the line of scrimmage, but, man, I, I, I don't think Utah has a quarterback or an offense that can fully take advantage and expose USC's defense. So, for me, SC's the play. You mentioned best bet material. What do you like that's still available? I'm looking forward to your best bets. <laughs> yeah, I, I like quite a bit, uh, as usual. It's tough for always me to, to narrow it down, but I, I'll give you a few that I'm looking at. I'm not, I don't think Riley Leonard's going to play for Duke. So I think that that line there of Florida State favored by 14 is a little short if Riley Leonard's not playing for the Blue, the Duke Blue Devils. Easy for me to say. Florida State minus 14 there. I'll give you another one. I think the market probably overreact to Tyler Van Dyke. You know, oh, is he injured? He's not going to play. The news about him, he had like a, a sling uh, on one of his legs and he was limping a little bit. I'm not sure that the market should have blew through three there so easily. You can find as high as four. I think Miami will play with their backs against the wall at home as a home underdog against a Clemson team. I'm just not buying Miami plus three and a half plus four in that one. Uh, Brad, when we look at the title odds, we were trending this way, but now we're here at some spots. Georgia is now a co-favorite with Michigan. And you made the statement earlier in our conversation that, look, Ohio State, that last game of the year, they don't have a chance against Michigan. Uh, why are you so confident in uh, this version of the Wolverines since uh, they, they haven't been challenged yet? Well, it's a good point as far as the schedule. I mean, they played a, a relatively light schedule. But, you, I mean, once the schedule's made, you can't control who you play. You can only control how you play. And Michigan the last three weeks has looked apart and then some. Uh, struggled to get margin a little bit early in the season. But, I mean, we're still beating teams 35-7. to 7. So, I mean, I know it wasn't margin to cover uh, huge point spreads, but now they're covering point spreads against Big Ten competition. And to me, the light bulb for me, because I watch a lot of film, I watch 30 games a week, or at least try to watch the game-by-game replays, there's just something that clicked to me watching that Nebraska game, because to me it looked very similar to what the Georges and the Alabamas have looked like the last 10, 15 years in college football. Just absolutely everybody in the building knew that Michigan was going to run the football, and they still smashed Nebraska's defensive front, a pretty good, good Nebraska defensive front. And then what's Michigan done the last two weeks? Very similar. We'll see when they play a better opponent. We're not going to see it for a few weeks down the road until they travel to to Penn State. But there's just not a lot of weaknesses. I mean, sure, you could say, I'd like to see more of an elite wide receiver. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit better second cornerback for them. But, I mean, that's really nitpicking. They're a complete team. They're experienced. I think what makes this year's team a little bit different is some of the experience. Got J.J. McCarthy, his third year in the program. I think you have a little bit more of a chip on the shoulder with Harbaugh. And I think most importantly, the defensive front for Michigan, and I actually watched their spring game and it it popped immediately then, looks like an Alabama or a Georgia or a Clemson when they won Mm -hmm. their couple titles. That's what it looks like as far as a defensive front. And that's kind of the main separator in college football the last 15 years. Guys, you know, on that defensive front, not everybody can recruit like that. Not everybody can have multiple 300-pounders in the middle. And Michigan has not only the big guys in the middle, but also elite pass rushers. That's what makes the Wolverines number one in my power ranks. I've been doing this a decade. I've only had five programs number one in my power ranks until Michigan. Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, down I'm missing one, oh, Georgia, the repeat champ. Those five teams, Michigan becomes the sixth. And, and by some margin now, I'd favor them by a couple points over Georgia at this point. Good stuff, and I agree with Brad Powers there on just about all those angles for today's college football slate. Penn State, Ohio State under, USC, Florida State looks good. Miami in a bounce back all makes sense to me. 
The NFL Survivor Pick of the Week is next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The Score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Back here on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Sports Radio 670. The Score hanging out with you every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. And around this time, each and every Saturday, we bring in our weekly contributor, Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, entering week seven, we're getting into the nitty-gritty. You go at the top of the board, and you start to look at those large point spreads as we uh, knock off the week's. A lot of teams getting used, so pretty soon it's going to get dicey, and we're only one-third of the way through the season. It's getting hairy quickly, and imagine how hairy it got for anybody that was back in Buffalo last week because that was one of those <laughs> ugly, ugly games. But I'll tell you, in the, in the end, you survive. Sometimes that's going to have to happen in a survivor pool, but by no means should they have won that football game. Yeah, uh, that was me. The two pools that I'm in, I have one spot in each of them. I put them both on Buffalo. I felt so good about that spot. You know, maybe we should reconsider these teams coming back from London, too. Like, yep. a lot of times, uh, it feels like even though they travel so early in the week, many, many days before these games, like it, maybe it affects them a little bit. But thank you, Giants, for going an awful 0 for 5 in the red zone. I mean, that's that's part of it. I mean, that's why we're getting all these unders. That's the biggest story in NFL betting this week, how the unders are hitting at such a high clip, over 61% on the season. They were 13-2 and two on the week. It's a lot going on. Red zone issues. There are a ton of backup quarterbacks in play this weekend. And also, it feels like we're seeing a shift back to where we were, Jim, where these coaches are, are going more conservative. They're like, Okay, you know what? I'm almost guaranteed the three. I will take the three with my good kicker instead of a shot at seven since the scoring is limited. And I think you almost have to. And the other thing that I've noticed, Joe, less pass interference flags this year. It seemed like you kind of had a couple seasons Mm -hmm. where it was, okay, protect the quarterback, protect the receiver at all costs. And you saw those seasons where it was every single incomplete pass the receiver was asking for a flag. It's just not happening as often now. I mean, even look at the last play of the Bills-Giants game. Waller was being held all the way through the end zone there, but it wasn't called. And I don't mind that it wasn't called by any means, but it's something where you need a little bit more consistency. But those balls where you just chuck it downfield and just hope for the flag, it's just not happening as often anymore. Well, they called it to play before. And how often are they going to call it in back-to-back plays in the end zone at the end of the game? It's not going to happen. So it was a good gamble by the Buffalo Bills as they just get by uh, with a victory there. When we look at the card this week, man. (sighs) Almost every game is three or less. Almost every game is three or less. There are so many quarterback questions. And with all these backups out there, who knows how they're going to perform. And you know how it goes with backups. Sometimes a team can rally around a player and you can pull off a big upset, but it usually doesn't last. Once you get to that second and third week, those are good bet against spots. So if we look at the higher point spreads for Survivor, Buffalo, Seattle, San Francisco, Kansas City. I've already used Buffalo and Kansas City, so obviously I'm honed in on Seattle and San Francisco. Let's talk about San Francisco first. That is a Monday night spot on the road. The Niners should bounce back. They should. The Vikings defense, not in the same stratosphere as the Cleveland Browns defense, right? We we all understand that. They should bounce back. They should win. But do I want to use San Francisco on the road? Do I want to use San Francisco when they're dealing with a bunch of injuries? Yeah, they'll probably win, but I don't know that it's the safest spot in the world. I don't trust that spot at all. I I have a hard time 
in Survivor games, just picking road teams overall because weird yeah. things just tend to happen. And the Vikings, okay, last year they were winning all the one-score games. This year they're not. But, again, Christian McCaffrey being questionable going into Monday night. Debo Samuel out. You coming off a bad loss. I, let me ask you this. Do you have kicker confidence? Do you have to worry about mm-hmm. that a little bit? It's not Robbie Gold just pumping kicks right down the center of the uprights, as he wow. probably would have won that game for San Fran last week. But you run into that a little bit. That game would scare me. Fortunately for me, Joe, and I say fortunately for this reason, I don't have them available in Survivor because I've already used them. So mm. that leaves me with Seattle and only Seattle against Arizona this week, but at least it's Seattle at home. Arizona's defense is tough. It could be one of those close games. I don't even know if Seattle covers, but I do think they're going to win. How much of you is concerned about the divisional matchup factor? Oh, you have to be concerned, but you have to look at the options too. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Your other options aren't great. Okay. Buffalo at New England. Again, New England is horrible. How many people have Buffalo available? But Buffalo hasn't played great either. Another divisional go, matchup. Right. Divisional matchup. And then the other one you look at is KC and the Chargers. That's the game where you should another divisional matchup. to win. <laughs> but again, do you really trust them also? That's the thing that's so yeah. hard. This is a very tough week. I'll be curious to see how many survive beyond this week. Yeah, it's tough. You got to go somewhere like you. You can come up with a list of rules that you want to follow in a perfect world. But the reality is, once you get into the middle of the season, your options go away. Like you've got to do something. You got to make some sort of a call. So do you want to avoid Seattle because they're in a divisional matchup as more than a touchdown favorite and go with a a team that's favored by three? Like the Raiders? I can't. can't. Yeah. Or the Rams against Pittsburgh? Tomlin coming off the bye? Like. No, I don't. Tomlin has an underdog. I don't really want to do that. I think we're in the same spot, man. It, it feels yeah. like Seattle's the play. And Seattle should have beaten Cincinnati last week. Correct. They should have beaten Cincinnati. They're going to keep the ball on the ground, which is the one thing that could keep this game close to. Seattle just has so much more talent. But it's also a different story, Joe, when you're looking at Survivor Leagues, if you had more than 50% left in the league. But a lot of these pools only have about 30% left. It's a big, big difference when you're getting down this deep already, and it's only week seven. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The Score Weekly contributor Jim Miller here of Hawthorne Racecourse. We love to talk about the NFL each and every week, and we've got another angle that we want to hit. It's a futures market. Well, a few of them. Let's say that we can uh, rattle through them. You said passing leader is on your mind, and right now the passing leader favorite is Tua. Okay, Patrick Mahomes second, Justin Herbert third favorite i don't think any of those names would surprise anybody and tua is your leader when it comes to the yardage he's about 200 ahead of Kirk cousins your fourth favorite which name are you thinking about i'm thinking about none of those names and here's the thing it okay. comes down to health we've talked about all the backups can tua make it through a season i don't know that's the concern with him cousins and stafford have been sacked 15 and 16 times respectively How much longer are they going to go without having something come up? Patrick Mahomes is one of those who's already dealt with just some kind of bumps and bruises a little bit. He scares me too. To me, the guy to look at is Jared Goff. Mm. Only been sacked 10 times on the season. He's 16 to 1, 1,600 yards on the season. So he's a couple hundred behind Tua. But Goff is not a scrambling quarterback. He doesn't get hit a ton. He has a good offensive line, and he just gets the ball and gets rid of it. He's the one guy that I do think has the durability to get through 17 games, and that may be what it takes. He does it every year. He's available every year. That's the thing about Jared Goff that kind of gets missed. You know what it is with the Lions? And they're the public team that a lot of people are talking about this week. 
The interesting thing to me about the Lions, these offensive weapons, every week it's someone different. And yep. last year it was always about Amon Ross St. Brown. But this year, sometimes it's now hobbled David Montgomery with a three-touchdown game. Or Hawkinson ends up going off. Or there's St. Brown coming back from injury. Jameer Gibbs coming back from his injury. He's going to make his mark in this league. Like, he's a an explosive player. How about Laporta, the tight end? Has had some big games. Laporta's a great somebody, weapon. It's somebody different every single game with the Lions. So that's a reason yep. to love them. I, I've got a name, but I'm not telling you to bet them now. It's just the guy that I'm cheering for, and he's right ahead of Goff. He's fourth on the list. His name is rookie C.J. Stroud because uh, a few weeks back, I got him at 80-1 to 1 to be your passing leader. And he's and he's going to fire it all over the place for a team that chases quite a bit. Yes, so that's sir. the thing that you have to look at too. And again, it's going to come down to health. But you know, Joe, if he's healthy, he's starting. It's not like there's going to be any quarterback controversy there. He's going to be the guy that's getting the ball every week. So if he can stay healthy, why not? Definitely worth a look. All right, let's go to receivers. You've got one for yardage, one for touchdowns. Hit me yep. with both of them. All right, and they're both the same person, so that's the good thing oh. that we can hit for both. I mean, Tyreek Hill is the definite leader for receiving yards, but here's the thing. Look at the targets. Jamar Chase has gotten 73 targets, 14 more than Tyreek Hill. He's at only 556 yards, but you know he has the ability to be explosive and just take off. So for him looking at 10-1 to 1 for receiving yards, I would look that way. And then for total receiving TDs, Jamar Chase is at 7-1 to 1 right now. He only has three, but Tyreek Hill's the leader at six. But here's the thing, red zone targets, Tyreek Hill this season, eight, Jamar Chase, 14. They get into the red zone. That's the guy they look at. We all know Cincinnati is the second half of the season team. I think Jamar Chase is the guy that you can look to in both of these categories. Okay, very good. I like it. Uh, the Bengals are going on by this week. So I wonder if the number budges, like if you get it a little bit better in a week, because you know it's not going to change. So not something that you have to run and bet right away. I'm just looking at the DJ Moore numbers, just a little interested in it. Quarterback question, obviously there. But DJ Moore, as far as receiving yards, he's fifth. Touchdowns, he's one back of Tyreek Hill only. That's a little and he's surprising. he's 18 to 1. 18 okay. to 1 for touchdowns. That's the yeah. thing. And you know mm -hmm. what? You have a younger quarterback, he's going to look to the veteran wide receiver. Okay. And the bigger value play is the yardage at 35 to 1. Eh, maybe. I mean, he's not far back at all. But that's what 600 receiving yards this season. That's how you get the, the number because he has poor quarterback play, right? We don't know yep. what Bajan's going to bring. All right, very good. I like those angles. Yeah, Chase has been the guy. Higgins has been so terrible. He's got to get healthy and, and look like he did before. But hey, if you have this bet, you don't want Higgins to turn it on. You want no. Burrow to only trust Chase, Chase, Chase. And that's what he does all day, every day. All right, what about the horses today? All right, so two horses at Keeneland, one at Hawthorne today. And Keeneland, race number six, going to bet the five, Dr. Venkman, great horse name across the board. Then in race nine, bet the seven, Alva Star across the board. Then Hawthorne, race number five, bet the four, one R and a star across the board. And let's make some money for another NFL Sunday. Very good. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, appreciate your time each and every week. Enjoy the college football, including Ohio State, Penn State, and the week seven slate tomorrow, right? It's going to be awesome, Joe. Good luck. Thanks to Ryan Horvat, Brad Powers, and Jim for joining me on Early Odds. You can find it all in the Odyssey app if you missed any of it. Back tomorrow morning for BetMGM Game Day with co-hosts Jason LaConfora and Pam Maldonado right here on The Score, bright and early, 7 to 9 a.m. Then you can catch the 9 a.m. hour on the BetQL Network, 105.9 FM, HD2, the Odyssey app, and twitch.tv slash BetQL. 
Those spots is also where you can find me weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. on BetQL Daily. Find the links to my shows on X at Joe Ostrowski at Joe Ostrowski. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Cash those tickets and keep it locked right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.